going? I am Courtney Skinner. I am a hairstylist. I am Arlie Smart. I am a chef. I am a father. I am a foster father. I am an instructor. Uh, my name is Danny Easton. I'm a general contractor. I'm a carpenter. I'm a Christian. I am an ambassador. I am an ambassador. I am Well, several years ago, we had our Life Church Central offices that met in this kind of in little dumpy industrial park, and my office overlooked a beautiful parking lot. And one particular day, as I was looking out in the parking lot, there were probably 50 or so cars that just zoom, descended on this parking lot, and within moments, there were dozens and dozens and dozens of high school students uh, that got out of the car, gathered in this circle, and then two of these kind of ripped, muscular guys took off their shirts, and everybody brought out these video cameras and started videoing as these two probably 17-year-old guys just blasted each other. And instinctively, I got really excited, and I ran through the office and went, fight, fight, fight. <laughs> and... Pastor Robert Wall from Life Church Fort Worth, Texas, happened to be in town that day, and he got excited like I did, and we just went outside and watched as these two kids beat the crap out of each other, and we're just like, oh, hit them, yeah. And about 60 seconds into the fight or so, Robert and I looked at each other just at the same time, and it just was like, it dawned on us. We're grown-ups. <laughs> we're Christians. And we're pastors. We're not supposed to cheer for two 17-year-olds beating the crap out of each other. We're supposed to stop the fight. And so we just, we both ran out there and I was like, nice punch. But break it up. Break, 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 break it up. Break it. And somebody in the crowd screamed out, oh my gosh, it's Pastor Craig. Run. And everybody got in their car and drove off as fast as they got there. And I felt powerful in the spirit of God. Now, kind of an odd little story, but it really helps illustrate the driving point of this whole message series. If you're taking notes, you need to write this down. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. I'm a grown-up. I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. I don't cheer for kids hurting each other. I try to break up fights. Everybody say it aloud. When you know, say it with me. When you know who you are. Come on, all of our campuses, get in. When you know who you are, you'll know. One more time. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Who do you think you are is the name of this message series. And the problem, in my opinion, for so many Christians is they don't really know who they are in Christ. And because they don't know who they are, they often don't know what to do. For example, uh, at big banquets or dinners or a you know, Christmas dinner, almost every time when I'm there, someone will say, uh, it's prayer time. Pastor Craig, would you bless the meal? And if you do that, I just want to warn you because this is what I'm going to say. Whenever you say that, I'm going to say, I'll be happy to, but why don't you bless the meal? And I, I do it because it's kind of funny to watch people squirm. And, and almost every time I do that, they'll be like, oh, no, 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 no. You're the pastor, and I'm just a regular Christian. And you can almost hear what they're thinking. It's kind of like, you know, you're a pastor, and I'm just a stay-at-home mom. Or you're the pastor, and I'm just a student, you know. Or you're the, you know, and, and I'm just an 
entry-level bank teller. And, and what they're almost saying is, I'm just a regular Christian. If you ever feel that way, you don't really know who you are. Because if you're a Christian, there is nothing regular about you. You need to understand that, that you are filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the grave. That's not regular. You have access to the very throne of God. That's not regular. You have the authority to use the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. There is nothing regular about you. And when you know who you are, are you'll know what to do. And in this series, I want to help you know who you are in Christ so you'll know what to do. Today, we're going to help you discover that you are an ambassador in Christ. Next week, you're going to discover that you are the masterpiece of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for you to do. Week number three, you're going to see that you are an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of your testimony. Week number four, you're going to see that you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. You've been sent by God to represent Christ. And when you know who you are, help me out, you will know what to do. Week one, you are an ambassador in Christ. Let's let God's word speak to us. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says, therefore if anyone is what? Help me. If anyone is in Christ, what is he? He is a new creation. The old, what's happened to it? It's gone and the new has come. If you are in Christ, if you're a Christian, if you've turned from your sins and met the risen Christ, you're a new creation. All new creations have new purposes. The old, the filth, the junk, the sin, the guilt, the shame, that should be gone. All of your sins have been forgiven. You're a new creation. The problem is some of you, you are Christians, but you don't understand who you are as a new creation. It's like a caterpillar becomes a new creation, a butterfly, but imagine if the butterfly crawls around like a little caterpillar. That's what some Christians do because they don't understand who they have become in Christ. Paul tells us, verse 19, Amazing, the middle of verse, he says, and God has done what, everybody? God has committed to us the what? The message of reconciliation. Check this out. God has committed to us. If you're a Christian, you're in the us. He has committed to you the message. It's your message. It's your calling. It's your ministry. He's committed to you the message of reconciliation. Now, what does reconciliation mean? It's just a big word that in this context, in the Greek language, it means to restore to the divine. It means to help people be made right with God. It's to take that which is broken as we're separated from God by our sin and to help others know who Christ is so they can be whole and made right with God. God has committed to you the message of reconciliation. Those who are Christians, verse 20, he says, we are therefore what? Help me, everybody. We are therefore Christ's ambassador. One more time. Who are you? You are therefore Christ ambassador, as though God were doing what? As though God were making his appeal through us. Internalize this. You are an ambassador. God has committed to you the message of reconciliation, as though he were making his appeal through you. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Who do you think you are? Let me tell you who you are. Write this down. You are an ambassador sent by God from heaven to earth. 
If you're a Christian, that is who you are. You are an ambassador sent by God from heaven to earth. Some of you, you may say, well, I, I know what an ambassador is. Others of you are like, I'm a little foggy. Can you put it kind of like on a second grade level for me? The simplest definition of an ambassador is this. It's the highest ranking diplomat sent as a representative from one country to another. It's the highest ranking diplomat sent as a representative from one country to another. For example, if I became the ambassador of the United States to Egypt, Egypt would not be my home, but I would be the highest ranking diplomat sent to represent my home government to another country. Uh, the same is true for you. If you're a Christian, understand this. Who are you? You are the highest ranking diplomat sent by God from heaven to earth. Earth is not your home. The Bible says you're an alien here. This isn't your home. You're a, you're a stranger. You're from heaven. Heaven is your home. You're sent to represent the king from the kingdom that sent you. You represent the king of kings and the Lord of lords. When you know who you are, then you'll know what to do. Everybody say, I am. I say it again, I am. Christ ambassador, sent by God from heaven to earth. Again, I am Christ ambassador, sent by God from heaven to earth. That's who you are. When you know who you are, you will know what to do. Let's unpack it with two simple thoughts that will help drive you in your daily life. As Christ's ambassador, some of you go, hold the ship for a minute. I'm not an ambassador. I mean, if you went and asked my friends, hey, do you think I'm an ambassador? They, <laughs> you're not an ambassador. You're a mess. I mean, you, you, you don't know the Bible. You, 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 know, you still mess up. You know, you say stupid things. You're not an ambassador. No, 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 listen to me. You are Christ's ambassador. If you're a Christian, write this down. As Christ's ambassador, you are not elected by people, but you are chosen and appointed by God. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. You are not elected by people, but you are chosen and appointed by God. Jesus said, John 15, verse 16 and verse 19, he said, you didn't choose me, but I did what, everybody? I chose you. What else did I do? He said, I appointed you to go and to bear fruit, fruit that will last. As it is, Jesus said, you don't belong to this world. This isn't your home. You're from heaven. You're an ambassador. He said, but I've done what? I have chosen you out of this world. He said, I chose and I appointed you. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, Jesus chose you. You've been chosen and appointed to bear fruit, to represent him, to be an ambassador. You may say, but I don't feel good enough. I'm not, I, whatever. It's a little bit like uh, in grade school or in middle school, one of my favorite things to do was to be picked by the teacher to run an errand while all my other loser buddies were still stuck in class. How many of you remember that? Anybody else? The teacher said, who'd like to carry this down to the principal's office? <laughs> and what, what, would the, what would the teacher do? The teacher wouldn't necessarily pick the one who made all A's or the best behavior. The teacher would just say, I choose you. And then the teacher would take a little piece of paper and write your name on it and write down hall pass. 
and you'd put the piece of paper in your little pocket, and you'd walk down the hall, all cocky-like, looking in the rooms, taking your time, and your buddies from other class would look out and go, what are you doing? And you'd pull out the hall pass. You're like, I'm on a mission from the teacher to go to the, and you're walking down, and some other teacher's like, hey, wait, 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 wait. you're supposed to be in hall pass, baby. I am on a, I've been chosen and appointed by the teacher to go and do something special. I'm not the best, but baby, I got my papers that say I've got a hall pass. The good news for you is, if your friends say you're not or whatever, you just pull up your hall pass and say, God has chosen and appointed me to do this. When you internalize it and it goes from this intellectual knowledge to this true heart belief, everything changes. You, you can see this happen in, in the Apostle Paul's life. He was the guy who was teaching this. He was the one who said, hey, therefore you are Christ's ambassador, as though God were making his appeal through you. He saw himself as an ambassador and saw other believers as that as well. In fact, if you know a little bit about Paul, he wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament. But if you know his past, he would have been the least likely guy to be called a man of God. He, he was the number one persecutor of the Christian church. In fact, he killed Christians for their faith. And God said, I've had enough of that. And he, uh, Saul, encountered Christ, uh, the risen Christ, and the brightness of his glory blind, blinded Saul. And it's a long story, but God told him to go to this city. And there was another Christian there named Ananias. And God was telling him, you need to go minister to this guy. And Ananias was going, uh-uh, dude will kill me. I, I know his story. And God's like, he's different now. And this is what God said to Ananias, Acts 9.15. The Lord said to Ananias, go. This man, Saul, or now Paul, is my what? This man is my chosen instrument. Say it again. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles. He is my ambassador to the Gentiles. I've chosen and appointed him to represent heaven on earth to the Gentiles. He is my chosen instrument. You need to understand, you are God's chosen instrument to be an ambassador to a certain group of people. Who is that? Well, it might be the people you work with. You're God's chosen instrument to represent him to the people you work with. It could be to the people in your family. You're God's chosen instrument to represent him as an ambassador to your family. It could be to the people on your football team. I, I am God's chosen instrument. I'm not the best. He just chose me. Uh, in fact, that phrase, it's really ministered to me personally because, um, for example, this weekend, uh, I'll speak this message to well over 50,000 people at all of our different churches and church online and other tens of thousands. But it's not that difficult because I never see more than several hundred in one location. If I saw them all, it freaked me out. In fact, the first time I ever spoke in front of you know, 50,000 people in a huge stadium, I looked around, I was like, I, it's, it's so, I almost did something in my pants, okay? It was so intimidating to me. I was like, oh, all this stuff. And what I did is I closed my eyes and I said to myself, I am God's chosen instrument to carry his message today. And I, I could step in with that authority. I'm not the best, I'm not a Bible scholar, I'm, but God has chosen and appointed me and I took confidence in that. 
you can do the same thing. You may say, but I, I may not speak in front. It doesn't matter. It's not about the size of the crowd. I get sometimes more nervous one-on-one -on -one than I do one-on hundreds of people. I honestly do. There was um, a, a good friend of mine that we'd been close since college, and this guy made some really bad decisions, um, sinful decisions that would affect his life and, and others. And I was the only guy that knew about this. And so I had to go and confront him Good friend. This wasn't Pastor Craig to church member. This was buddy to buddy, friend to friend. And there's nothing in me that was excited about that. I was nervous. I wasn't sure if it was true. I thought it was true, but all this kind of stuff. And so what I did before the meeting is I just said, okay, God, obviously I am your chosen instrument for this moment. And I could step in with confidence in that way. You can do the same thing. You need to understand you are God's chosen instrument. Many of you, uh, you're going to be called to minister to the next generation, our students in switch. And you go, but I'm in my late 20s. I'm in my early 40s. I'm not that cool. doesn't matter. You're God's chosen instrument to raise the next generation. Uh, you may be called to lead a life group. And you say, I don't know that much about, no, 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 no. You're God's chosen instrument to build up other believers. You may feel this burden to share your faith with your boss. And you're like, but she's just not a, you know, it doesn't matter. You are God's chosen instrument, his ambassador, called by God, sent to represent him from heaven to earth. When you know who you are, you'll know what to do. It could be as simple as you're good at repairing cars, and you're driving down the road, and there's a young woman, and her car's broken down. Oh, I'm God's chosen instrument to go and help her fix her car in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to represent him and minister to her in this way. You're God's chosen instrument with the message of reconciliation as though God were making his appeal through you. doesn't matter what any person thinks. You were chosen and appointed by God. When you believe that, it will change the way you do life. Second thought you need to internalize is this. Number one, you were not elected by people, but chosen and appointed by God. The second thing is, as Christ's ambassador, you never represent yourself. You always represent God. You never represent yourself. If I'm the ambassador to Egypt from the United States, I'm not there to promote my own agenda, my own values, my own ideas. I represent the government that sent me. You represent the government of the kingdom of God. You represent the king of kings and the Lord of lords. It's never about you. Jesus was the ultimate ambassador, and he said what we too should say, John 6, 38. He said, for I have come down from heaven, not to do what? Not to do my will, but to do the will of whom? The will of the one who sent me. I am here to represent him. Uh, for example, I know that I am called to represent Christ in everything that I do. Will you, because of that, will you give me permission to go off on one of my pet peeves for a moment? How many of you will give me permission? How many will give me permission? Rest of you, I don't care, because I'm going to go off on it anyway, because I want to. Let me, let me tell you something that just drives me crazy. It drives me crazy that it's just accepted that I'm on another level of accountability and, and I'm held to a higher standard in all these different things. I understand that that's the case. I understand that the way I spend my money, the way I spend my time, the way I talk to people, the movies that I go see, the drinks that I order when I'm out at a restaurant, the way I raise my kids, the words that I say, 
I understand that because I'm a pastor that I'm up, held at a higher standard and all this kind of stuff. And the reason I understand it is because if I ever do anything that any of you don't like, I expected more from a man of God like you. Other people I understand, but you, I expected more. Like when I posted on my Facebook page when my wife Amy turned 40, and I wrote on there, I love her so much, at 40 she's better than two 20-year-olds. And a lot of you whined about that. Oh, a man of God shouldn't say that. Listen to me. Number one, it's true. She is better than number two, 20-year-olds. 20 number two is funny. But, oh, a pastor should, uh, other people could say that, but a pastor shouldn't say that. And here's where it's wrong. I'm not saying I should be brought down to a lower standard. What I'm saying is if you're a Christian, you are Christ ambassador, and you too should be at a higher standard in everything that you do. You are Christ's representative. And that means it doesn't matter how I spend my, it matters how you spend your money and your time and the movies you see and what you order to drink and how you treat people and what you don't go, oh, I'll see you at church and post drunk pictures of yourself on Facebook. You are a representative of Christ just like I am, just like I am. Don't pull me down to a lower standard. Come join me at a higher standard and say, I represent Christ in everything I do. And when you again internalize that, and it goes from a head knowledge to a heart truth, you will truly see yourself as a representative of God. I, I was at the, uh, the gym, and I've been working out with the same guy for almost 20 years, and we had a miscommunication and he didn't show up one day, so it was a rare day. I was there by myself. And at the end of my workouts, I always go in the sauna so you get real sweaty. And then when you walk out, people are like, you had a hard workout, didn't you? Like, yeah, real hard workout. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is my deal. And so I went in there, and uh, I was by myself for the first time, I mean literally in years. And this other guy walked in, and there's just the two of us. And he came in, and, I mean, he was heavy. His body language was just I mean, he was just down, and uh, I tried to start a conversation with him. He didn't know who I was or what I did. I didn't know who he was, and I just kind of said, hey, dude, it's obvious you're having a bad day, and I don't want to pry, but if you want to talk, I'll try real hard to listen. And within a few minutes, he opened up, and he didn't go into the details, but evidently he had done something. He was late 20s, early 30s. Somehow he'd betrayed his wife. And they got in a big fight, and so he decided his marriage was over. And he left the day before, and he, he just broke down. He said, I'll never forget my three-year-old and the daughter as my car backed out the driveway going, Daddy, don't leave us, don't leave us, don't leave us. And he went down the street. And at that moment, I realized my workout partner wasn't supposed to be here today, and I was supposed to be here today. And I, I just said, in the most in the most street language I could without pastor talk. I said, dude, I don't want to sound like overly religious or anything like that, and, and I don't know where you stand with God, but I want to tell you, I believe God sent me here today to tell you that you need to go home, get on your knees, apologize, and I believe God wants you to be the daddy to that little girl and the husband to your wife, and I'm just saying I believe God wanted me to tell you that. And the guy just broke, and he said, I want you to know I'm not a religious guy, I'm not a church guy, but I think God sent you here to tell me that today. And that's what an ambassador does. 
That's what an ambassador is. I wasn't there to invite them to church. It was, that's the message that he needed at that moment. And when, when, you, when you believe that's who you are, you'll know what to do. And I promise you, you'll see opportunities like that again and again and again. Now, here's a problem. A lot of you are going to say, but I, I can't do that. I don't know. I mean, how, do you, how, how can you speak on behalf of God? Here's the deal. You speak in the authority that's been given to you. Take Paul over and over again. He said, he said I'm not an eloquent speaker. I just preach but the power of the gospel. He said, he said, I'm the least of the apostles. I'm like, they're all up here. I'm the low guy on the totem pole. I just do this in the authority that's been given to me by Christ. Here, here's what he said, 2 Corinthians 10.8. He said, I may seem to be boasting too much about the authority given to us by whom? By the Lord. The Lord gave this to us. But our authority builds you up. It doesn't tear you down. So I will not be ashamed of what? Help me. He said, I won't be ashamed of using my authority. That's what you need to do. You're not ashamed of using the authority. It's not your power. For example, if I stood in the middle of a street with traffic everywhere and I just did stop, what could you do to me? You could run me over, right? Because I'm a nobody. I've got no authority to tell you to do that. If, on the other hand, I have a badge that says I'm a police officer and I tell you to stop, what do you better do? You better stop or I'll shoot you. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm not supposed to, but I probably would because I... <laughs> I've got authority issues, or you know, so I, I tell you, stop. It, I have the whole government standing behind me, and it's not me telling you stop. It's like, and so as a Christian, I, I come not in my own authority, but in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's like if one of my kids come in, little Sam, he's ten, came in yesterday, said, "Dad, Buki's doing this, and Buki won't stop." I said, "Well, tell him to stop." He said, "He won't listen to me." So I just said, "Sam." You tell him that dad said, okay, what do you think Sam did? Sam went in the other room like this. Dad said, and all of a sudden there's a little more authority to it because he was sent on a mission with a message as an ambassador from the king of kings of the household who sent him to set things <laughs> straight. That's what you do. You come in the authority that's been given to you. Here's what's crazy about the, the first century believers is they understood that their power was in Jesus and not in themselves, but they had the authority to use his name. Sick person, I've got no power to heal you, but in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. And sick people were healed. Uh, Demon-possessed person, i got no power over demons, but in the name of Jesus Christ, demons come out. Dead people, and this is freaky, and I don't understand. Dead person, you're dead. In the name of Jesus, come back to life. And sometimes they would. And what's crazy, and it's very difficult for me to get my mind around, but the New Testament says, that we as believers can do even greater things. Why? Because we're not regular Christians and there's no such thing as a regular Christian. You are an ambassador of Christ, appointed and called by God to represent heaven on earth. You were not elected by people, but you were chosen and appointed by God. You carry with you the message of reconciliation as if God were making his appeal through you. And you never represent yourself. You always represent God. Why? Because just like Paul, you can say, I have been crucified with Christ. My old life is gone, but nevertheless, I live. But it's no longer I who live, you see. It's Christ living through me. I'm just a stay-at-home. You are not 
just a stay-at-home mom. You are an ambassador raising next-generation world changers. You're called by God in your home with a divine. Well, I'm just a student. You're not just a student. You're an ambassador to your chemistry class. You're an ambassador into your fraternity. You're an ambassador to the teachers there. Well, I'm just an entry-level bank teller. You're not just an entry-level bank teller. You're a secret agent of the Most High God planted in that bank to represent Christ to people that you see all the time. And when you know who you are, you're not just a regular Christian, you're a Christian filled with the same spirit that raised Christ from the grave. When you know who you are, you will know what to do. And you are, if you're a Christian, an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ, not elected by people, but called and appointed by God. You never represent yourself, but you always represent him. You are Christ's ambassador. This is not your home. You're from another country. You represent the king from the kingdom that sent you, the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And that makes your role on earth very important. There's nothing regular about you, see. You are the highest ranking diplomat sent by God from the kingdom of heaven to this earth. That's who you are. When you know who you are, you will know what to do. Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would, would make this moment a significant moment for those who are Christians, that you, you would move this from a head knowledge into a heart calling, that we would be different, God, because we've been with you. All of our churches, as you're praying right now, let me just talk to those of you who are Christians. Many of you are not yet, but those of you are Christians. You are called to be an ambassador. I want you to think about the people that you know that are not connected to God. I want you to think about them in your family, your work, uh, the people you see in the gym, uh, the people you bump into, the cleaners when you're getting your coffee, your friends on Facebook. I want you to think about them. Let me tell you who you are. You're an ambassador to, th to them. Paul was called to the Gentiles. You are called to them. You're God's chosen instrument. That's what you are. Some of you would say, I'm not a great ambassador. Listen, God wants you to be the highest ranking diplomat. All of our locations, those of you who would say, I see it, I wanna live it. I wanna be one of the most effective ambassadors for, for my king who gave his life for me. I want to glorify him as an effective ambassador. Would you lift up your hands right now? Just lift them up and say, that's me. Praise God for you. I pray, oh God, I pray that, that lives would be different because people have met with you today, that your living word would transform them. I pray, oh God, there'd be nothing regular about this group of Christians, but they would be spirit-filled, overcoming, masterpiece, the salt of the earth, light of the world, those that you've created with good works prepared in advance for them to do, to represent you on this earth, empower them, God to reach out to people that do not know you. Give them the message of reconciliation as though they were representing you to this world. And God, thank you how you'll use these ambassadors to reach people and glorify your name. As you keep praying today, nobody looking around all of our locations, a lot of you are gonna say, an ambassador for Christ, I am not. Nothing close to it. In fact, many of you would have to say, you know what, I don't even know where I stand with God. I, I don't even know what to believe, but for a lot of you, there's something happening right now. You may not be a church person. You may be like I was. I, I grew up in the church and I believed in God, but I didn't know him. 
and something is happening inside of you right now. There's a, there's a spiritual stirring. There's, a, there's movement toward God, and you don't quite know how to define that. Let me define it for you. That is God working. That is him reaching out to you. His greatest desire is to reveal himself to you. And let me just shoot straight with you. You know what he wants from you? He wants your life. He didn't want you to join a church or just check a little box or get a little wet in baptism and go on with your life. He wants all of you. You say, but I'm not good enough yet. And I'll just say right now, you're exactly right. None of us are. All of us are separated by God for, because of our sin. And that's why the gospel is good news, that God loved you so much he sent his son, Jesus, as the ultimate ambassador, who was the innocent, sinless son of God, who shed his blood that we could live. That's why, 2 Corinthians, we read the verse, that anyone who is in Christ, without him, you're in your sin. Once you pray and invite him to transform you, your sins are forgiven. You're in Christ. You become a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And let me just be honest. That's why many of you are here. You know it. You need forgiveness. You need a new life. As you call on him, all of your sins will be forgiven, and you will never be the same. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, and behold, all things are new. That's why you're here today. It's time to give your life to him. All of our locations, those of you who say, yes, that's me, Jesus, take my life. I give it to you. Save me. Make me new. Lift your hands high now. Right now, lift them up. Leave them up if you will. Church online, click right below me. Let me just look at you right in the eye. Right back over here, sir. God bless you. And right over here, both of you way back. I want to see you way back here, right up here close to me. Others of you who say me too. Right back here in this back section. Way back all, all the way over here toward the back. Others of you say, take it all, Jesus. Forgive me. Transform me right over here. Awesome, all three of you. Right over here, praise God for you. And right back over here, sir, an ambassador born. Right back over here, ma'am, God bless you as well. Others of you, yes, take my life. Right back over here, yes, yes. Others, Jesus, I surrender to you. Everybody pray aloud, just all, right back over here as well. Forgive me for going too fast. Others pray, everybody together, pray. Heavenly Father, take my life. I'm a sinner, please save me. Jesus, make me new. I believe you died for me and you rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit. Make me your ambassador to represent you here on earth. Thank you for new life. Now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Life Church, all of our churches, would you take a moment? Would you worship God? Would you thank Him? Would you welcome those today born into His family?